AC's off, meaning. Meaning it's time to sweat. Sweat it out. How much worse is it with the door closed and the door open? Oh, yeah. But why don't we just leave the door open? Because yeah, there's a street right there. You guys aren't going to believe this, but we're, we're the first people to do a podcast from a garage. I know. Yeah. Mark Marin, he made it happen. And every that... other person has a podcast. Well, everyone who has a podcast does it in a garage? For the first four years. You usually. and Paris Hilton, are you in a garage? No, that's a good point. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. That's a, you're in the mansion. Where do you do that? From her house? We shoot it at her house, yeah. What's it like going to her house? Like the first time you went there, what it was like rolling up to the gate? Oh, it's, like? it's tough because you, you get to the gate and you go, I'm here for Paris Hilton. And you feel like <laughs> the biggest asshole. Um, but then the guy's used to it because she gets like a thousand packages a day. Yeah, I'm sure. She'll just send her stuff all the time. Yeah. And then you drive in and she has a dry, a big enough driveway to fit my car with her three cars, like her Fizzler. What's that um, electric car a brand? Fizzler? No, like a not th- Tesla, <laughs> but the other one that's like five. What's I don't the name know of that fucking car brand. This I know Sizzler and I know Twizzler. That's what I don't it know. Is. Oh, it's one of those. The Sizzler like, electric car brand. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then you, I her driveway is so nice that I don't even want to park my Jeep, so yeah. I park on the street, oh, down from her house a little bit, not to diminish the value. Does she have like crazy Hilton rewards points? Have you a- ever asked her about your status, or could she like hook yours up? I haven't gotten to that point with her points. yet. You got to get there. Slow play. Slow. Play. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, love the rewards points. All right, well, here we go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back. Not welcome back. Who am I fucking talking to? This is a podcast. What it was pretty it? good, though. It was good. You like the energy. It makes the audience feel like they, they're they like, well, I just miss. I feel yeah. like I just turned something on. It get, gets them in hooked right at the top. All right. Well, I'm super excited about our next guest here on In The Zone. I've known this guy for a long time. He's one of my good friends, but you know him for being a host of Nightly Pop on E, the hosting Sugar Rush on Netflix. He co-hosts the This Is Paris podcast with the one and only Paris Hilton. He's also a Twitch streamer. He hosts weekly cooking shows, painting shows, game shows. What platform can't you host on? None. Facebook, nobody. No, he doesn't do Facebook, Facebook, but he does everything else except for that. And he's a guest here today on In the Zone, my man Hunter March. What's up, Hunter? Hey, dude. How you doing? I'm doing well. You like how I like pump you up a little bit? Yeah, there, I as feel if there's great. like hundreds of people here. Yeah, but I feel like our audience is different, you know. And so you saying you'll know him from the E Network. Yeah, I feel like me and Baron Davis's demos are not the same, you know? No, very similar. There's a lot of crossover appeal, for sure. Really? Yeah, yeah. You got a lot of sports appeal. You do everything. You do cooking shows. You do game shows. You do food competition series. Good point. You do celebrity. You know, what is your favorite? You do a lot of different things in a lot of different areas. What are you most, like, fulfilled by in all of the projects that you get to work on? I don't know. I like doing, I like the growth of it all. Like every time mm. I do something, it's a bigger project or it's different. So I love that part. Yeah. More than I like doing any of it, I just like seeing growth uh, because I'm egotistical. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I like, I mean, I love Sugar Rush a lot. It was really fun, but I was gluten intolerant the whole time. So I was like, <laughs> right. I was just sick 99% of the time. But it was so worth it. 
And uh, the E! show is really fun. Uh, Nightly Pop is great because I get to make jokes at celebrities' expense, and then I go, there's no way they leave that in. And then they do. It's amazing. It's amazing. And just to be able to have that platform and the repetition of it to build the chemistry with your co-hosts and just be on every single night, that's amazing. Yeah, and it's rare. You know, It's yeah. like I've kind of been lucky with a lot of the jobs I've had that they have gone on a little while, but... Now that like the pandemic happened and I, I only been doing nightly pop, usually I'm doing a couple things. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, it'd be weird to lose this gig right now and then have to like enter the audition world right now. It'd be fun, be weird, be hard. Yeah, whoa, it'd be hard. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about what that's like. Well, welcome to In the Zone. I'm glad that you're here and you are officially in the zone. And I want to ask you, what does it mean for you to get in the zone? We talk to a lot of athletes where they're just like, they can't miss. They just, every, the game slows down. They're in a flow state. For someone like yourself, and I can relate a little bit, being a host, it's like lights, camera, action, the red light goes on. What happens for you when you're live and you know that you need to channel and find your absolute peak focus how do you get into that place and and describe what it feels like when you feel like you're on i mean for me it's all like comedy is the only place where i really feel like oh like the flow state happens mm -hmm. there for me hosting and stuff i just kind of feel the facade of it all yeah you know just because like when you're hosting you're doing a character you're playing a right. tv host yeah so i'm not really gonna ask you these questions or do this thing but when you're doing com when i'm doing comedy it's like genuinely I'm like revealing, I do, my comedy's pretty dark, so I'm like revealing <laughs> little parts about me. Right. And then people go, that's a, that's a funny falsehood, right? Yeah. And in my mind, I go, no, that's who I truly am. <laughs> you will never know. So I love, I love comedy because I get to like be dark, be funny, and see if I can push people towards the edge, but still keep them entertained. And when I'm doing that, when I'm hearing laughs, yeah, I, I just want to keep going. I become hyper, my listening becomes hyper, uh, advanced yeah you know is that something you learned i know we both did ucb improv and that yeah. was like really important for any really for anyone obviously as a television host listening is so key and that's something that i really honed in in improv and mm -hmm. ucb was that the similar experience for you too thousand percent yeah when i went to ucb the first year i was like oh my god i'm nervous but i'm gonna be funny for sure <laughs> And I did, and I was like, oh, I'm pretty funny. But I was also in a class with like, people learning English. Like They thought that that was a good way to learn English, which what? is totally fine. It is a good way to learn English. Like, okay. You're talking the whole time. Yeah. But like it was anybody and their grandparents could sign up for like 101. Yeah. And then I went to 201, just like the next level. And I was like, I'm the least funny dude I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> and you just realize that like, if you're not really present with whoever mm -hmm. you're with, it's going to be really hard to be additive and make the conversation better or the joke better or whatever. Yeah. And so that's definitely translated into hosting. How do you think, I mean, I've seen your career. I've had a front row seat for a lot of it and mm -hmm. your progression. How, what do you do, if anything, to improve and get better at your craft? Something I used to do, which I definitely should still be doing, but I <laughs> hate it so much, yeah. is watching your own content. Mm. Like, I think... I well, kind of noticed when you stopped doing that. I've yeah, seen a dip. Huge, yeah. just yeah. complete <laughs> lack of awareness of what's going on. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I used to like have to edit my own videos and I would like, yeah. I'd be like interviewing a celebrity for like a junket and I would just be agreeing with them and I'd watch my head go like this. Uh, if you guys are listening on the podcast, it's dramatic up and downs. So I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I realized uh, this looks weird on camera. So I changed it to yeah. just a little nod. I go, oh yeah, I agree. It's unnatural for me, yeah. but it looks better on camera. And so I just realized little things like that, you get better. Interesting. Yeah. I noticed that too. I did a lot of sports sideline reporting and I would be nodding like totally. nonstop, like a bobblehead. Yeah. You, you don't even notice you're doing that in a normal conversation. You have to really go back and watch the tape and study and become aware of that. You have to think of yourself like, you know, when you're high and you're in a conversation at a party yeah. and you're like, what the fuck do I do with my hands? Right. That's right. what hosting is like all the time. You have to be <laughs> like that weirdly aware of your body because everything right. you do naturally looks dumb as shit. Like <laughs> right. nodding and agreeing with someone, you look yeah. like you're on meth. And then, like, you know, your hands, like, having them in your pockets, your shoulders are all scrunched. Like, that's how you normally you can't cross your arms because wow. that's closing off to the conversation. It's a tough job is what you're saying. This is really, like, one of the most profound, hardest jobs out there. Like, what do we do with our hands? I personally can't yeah. think of a harder job. I know, and I don't yeah. think we have paid enough. Yeah, absolutely. I think absolutely. <laughs> I mean, once you figure out what to do with your hands, it's like that's when the real buck starts coming. Yeah. Um, on a serious note, though, I do know that 
both meditation and manifestation are really important things that you believe in. You're a very funny guy, but you're also a really deep guy, and you've had a lot of success in your career. And could you just talk a little bit about that, those two things, and, and how you both through meditation and manifestation have been able to sort of see where you want to go and make it happen? First of all, thank you for the great question. Yes, yeah, so I think you're, you you got a Sean Evans vibe going on right now. Oh, all right. Hot well, ones. Not a bad thing to be compared to. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, we're going to bring out some wings in a little bit, so enjoy the cool down first. Oh, I can't. But don't wait. be dodging the question just with compliments. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, you can flatter me, and I, I appreciate it, but yeah. The meditation. Uh, <laughs> the thing about focusing. Uh, yeah, the thing about focus. Yeah. Well, I think growing up, I was just super like, you want to know the sad truth? Uh, Where it all started? You want to know the yeah, origin? Please. I had a birthday party in middle school that nobody showed up to. Really? Yeah. For real? I invited like 20 kids. And no one came? Not a single kid. Now, granted, I my parents are divorced, and I live with my dad on the weekends away mm-hmm. from the school. It's like a 45, 30, 45-minute drive. Oh. I'm trying to find reasons. It was why bad planning, but yeah, okay, I got it. Yeah, we also lived in a really bad neighborhood, so people in L.A. would probably see that on like an invite and go, no, no, no. <laughs> right. So my mom lived, it was like nice and like, you know, middle upper middle class. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, then I checked the invite. After no kids came, like two hours later, we bought like 100 pieces of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh. Like, and mashed potatoes and all this shit. Nobody came. And I checked the invitation two hours later. Guess what? Hmm. Everything was spelled correctly. That was not the issue. I just didn't have friends. <laughs> oh, man. And then I think since then, I've been really driven. And in that drive, I've read a lot of self-help books. The Tony Robbins, the Jack Canfields. Um, and one thing that they kind of all preach is manifestation and meditation and the meditation is really good because it does help your brain understand that it's a practice to be able to keep your focus. And when you can keep your focus on your breathing, that translates to being able to keep your focus on your work, keep your focus on your family and your friendships, all that stuff. Yeah. Especially with social media is horrible for your brain. Oh my God. I know. And then the manifestation is really important and like, it's like the secret or whatever. Mm -hmm. I never read the secret, but I get the idea. Right. But what it really is, is you're just constantly putting yourself in that mindset. Mm. And therefore, when situations come up, you know where your purpose is at all times. And when you know your purpose is, you know where you can go. But I also go through waves where for like three months, I'm meditating and, you know, writing and journaling and manifesting and all that. And I'm telling all my friends, like, yeah, this is who I am. This is me. I'm like that guy. And then for the next nine months... I'm on Instagram looking at hot girls and, you know, (laughs) not meditating or manifesting at all. Yeah. And then at that point, I still tell people, like, I'm meditating and manifesting. I'm that guy. (laughs) That's that's just your opener on the DMs on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Maybe for our first day, we can meditate. Yeah, it's good. It's a good opener. Well, it's good to have balance, everything in balance, you know. Uh, Why do you think you've chosen this career? Why do you do what you do? What has driven you to, like, pursue this path? I already told you about the birthday party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, a lot of the fried chicken. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think eating that Kentucky fried chicken for the next three weeks. <laughs> like, because... We but just, it stemmed from that, from being like, you just wanted... I just wanted to perform. Yeah. I wanted people to like me. Mm-hmm. My mom always says, it's weird that you went from like a very unlikable kid. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even want to go she, to the well, birthday Well, she didn't party. show up to the birthday party. Yeah. It was just dad. <laughs> uh, she was like, you, ch- you were like a very unlikable kid to choosing a job where the only prerequisite is being likable yeah and um i think that has a lot to do with like i just i've always wanted to be i've always wanted to be cool i Mm -hmm. think and i don't think i ever became cool in the way i thought i was i think you just stop giving a shit about being cool and And that and that's self every looking back everybody i thought i've ever thought was cool was so you know like lackadaisical about trying to mm-hmm. be somebody and more just like all right i am who i am let me focus on my craft or my passion yeah like, i love lunatics i love like people yeah. who are so crazy about their art or whatever yeah yeah definitely just, no i feel that I, I i agree it's it's people who are just confident in themselves and who they are and what they do and they don't care about what others think yeah that truly maybe deep down they do care but they're first and foremost, secure in who they are. And once you're able to find that, that in itself is cool, and that attracts other people to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, you are very likable now, uh, so congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. That fucking made my heart 
appeal finally. Okay, good. Hearing yeah. that, would you have come to my birthday party? I would have been there, especially if I knew fried chicken KFC was on the menu. I love some original recipe. You know the bucket. Delicious. Absolutely. What's the your biscuits fa- with the honey? What in like a KFC bucket? Are you a leg, a thigh, a wing, a breast? I was what always you- a drumstick guy. Yeah, those are the best, of course. They're just, I think I'm a. Yeah. I like to make my life as easy as possible. And it's like, like chicken on the go. It's, the, it's it, it gave you. God gave you a handle. Yeah, exactly. Use it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, KFC, are they listening? This is like a great slogan they should run with here. You have better department. sponsors than KFC already. I wouldn't go, don't go backwards. You know what I'm saying? All right. Well, KFC, we want them to. All right. Uh, I do want to play a fun little game called Rewind, where we're going to take a look back at some different video clips and moments, oh and I want to get to know the God. story. Really? Behind. Oh, really? Really? But don't worry. It's not too bad, and we okay. don't have too many of them. The first one, though, uh, is about your grandfather, someone who really does a very similar thing that you do. You've kind of followed in his footsteps, and I know you never met him in person, but I want to check out an appearance that your grandpa, Hal March, had on the Ed Sullivan Show back mm. in the 60s, I believe. Yeah. yeah. I remember. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to say that if I never get another thing, I consider myself the luckiest man alive with what's happened to me. I don't know if any of you folks know this, but... I come from a pretty humble beginning. I was born in a slum area in San Francisco. We lived in the fifth floor walk-up, the worst tenement you ever saw in your life. Whatever furniture we had was ripped and torn. Windows were broken. All of us kids had to wear hand-me-downs. We didn't know from one day to the next whether there was gonna be food on the table. The thing that was really terrible about it, my parents were wealthy. Nice. Not his best material, though. Let's be honest. Right, like, I don't, I don't even know. think, like, even time-wise, I don't think that that was that funny. It, it was a long setup there. It was a long a setup. Lo- I mean, this guy, you know, he, sh- he should have watched some Eddie Murphy before he came out. Someone <laughs> who's got some timing. That's a mistake on his part. Yeah, all right. Well, I mean, I think he was stepping outside of his comfort zone. He was doing stand-up. He wasn't known as a stand-up comedian. No. He was a game show host. He hosted the $64,000 question yeah. uh, for years and years mm-hmm. and had a lot of acclaim. Uh, have you gone back and watched episodes, watched his work and um, I have yeah wh- what do you think about that and do you pretty slow <laughs> yeah hard watch you know <laughs> clips online are like 10 15 minutes could be three you <laughs> right, know? right 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 it's also funny like I've, i i'm just kidding when i say i mean i get well, like it's not the youtube generation tv he was different it. then yeah. i it's my fault that i can't watch that right um but I, I have watched a lot of it i love watching it i think he was obviously incredible at what he does i never mm-hmm. got a chance to meet him so Maybe the hosting was in the blood a little bit yeah. or passed through my dad or something, but um, I would have loved to talk to him about yeah. hosting mm-hmm. because his thing was different. I mean, like all the shows I've ever done, Sugar Rush, I think, had the most viewers. Mm-hmm. It was like one of Netflix's first, I think it was Netflix's first unscripted like reality show or competition show or something. Wow. Which we didn't even really think about at the yeah. time. But now, considering all that's it's happened, huge. it's insane. Right. But that show maybe had like 10 to 20 million viewers. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. But that's like one whole season and the whole and it's on Netflix and everything. My grandfather's show, The $64,000 Question, had like 30 to 50 million viewers a night. Unbelievable. Which is like, yeah. I don't know if that's like half the Super Bowl or something. Uh, how many yeah. People, how many people watch the Super Bowl? Yeah. It's like as many as the Super Bowl every night yeah. watching that. Right. That's and so... Crazy. It's just, it, obviously, it's a different time. People were like, had three things to pick from. Yeah. But I just think that that's incredible. He's also best friends with like Don Rickles and Desi Arnaz, Lucille Ball. They'd be over for dinner. It's amazing. But then it skipped a generation, and my dad, you know, was living in a really bad part of Chatsworth. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was where our party was. Oh, that's why no one showed up. That yeah. just explains it. Near it's but Chatsworth adjacent. If you could have met your grandpa or if he were around today, what what types of questions what would you want to ask him? <sighs> I lo- I want to know the fucked up stuff. I know he was friends with like some crazy people. Yeah. I want to know if that he ever saw someone get shot, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think he was friends with some intense like <laughs> Like the Frank Sinatra surrounding, like like some mob yeah, character yeah, yeah. or something. He like, was, I mean, they were like they'd be invited like those events and everything. Yeah. So I, I love those stories. Yeah, and I'd also want to know about, um, it, oh, fired. Oh my god, <laughs> so fast. One sh- one fucking job, man. Oh, could you imagine being that guy right now? He, he's so bummed. Yeah, he's, he's done. He's done. All right. Well, uh, that's it. Well, thanks for coming on In the Zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. 
And then I'd want to ask him just what he thinks about what I'm doing. And like, yeah, I'd want to ask him if he'd do a podcast. Can you imagine? It'd be great. I'd have a hook. That's what you need. Exactly. Yeah, instead I got Paris Hilton and you know myself, which is second choice for sure. <laughs> right, right, right. My dead grandpa? That would be pretty cool. Well, it's cool. It seems like the hosting is in your blood, clearly a genetics. Yeah. There's something there that like you but you said it skipped a generation. Did your dad or uh Hal, your grandpa, any of his other kids ever want to pursue anything in the television world or performance? Yeah, well my grandma's first husband mm. pre Hal March was Mel Torme, who's a mm. very famous singer. Of course. So my uncle is Mel Torme's son and he's a singer and he's an incredible jazz musician and everything. Yeah. But for my dad, he grew up in Brentwood and Bel Air and the Pacific Palisades. And so he never really, he didn't have that same like work ethic mm. that you kind of need. Yeah. You kind of need to not have stuff to really push yourself. You can be rich and get, continue being rich and get a job because daddy knows somebody. Right. Super easy. Yep. But like to grind from nothing is, it just breeds a different type of worker. Yeah. And I think that was my grandfather, but my dad had everything. And so the true story is he's about to graduate high school. Mm -hmm. And then he, his buddy said, Hey, if you're, if you want to take my job for a minute, there's a woman in the neighborhood who I'm pretty sure will sleep with you. Cause my dad is a good looking guy his whole life. Yeah. So my dad did it, took the pool shift one day. He slept with the woman, this like, you know, mom at this house. Yeah. And then went back to school the next day and gets a call and they go, Jeff March, can you come to the office? Your, uh, your dad is calling you. And my dad goes to the office, picks up the phone, and it's not his dad. It's the husband of the wife he fucked. The guy says, you fucked the wrong wife. I'm from New York. I'm in the mob. I'm going to fucking kill you. I already know who you are. I called your school, blah, blah. And my dad is like, didn't give a shit. My dad's like, okay, big guy. <laughs> goes to his buddy's house, gets a call from grandma, his mother, uh, like hours later being like, Jeffrey, I think one of your friends is at the house right now because he's the youngest. All the other kids had moved out. Yeah. And he goes, there's a black, been a black SUV outside the house for like two hours now. And so my dad is now freaked out, sneaks into the back of his house, grabs a duffel bag of clothes, gets in his blazer, of which he cut the top off. <laughs> he turned it into a convertible. Uh, oh, no, not blazer. He turned it into a convertible Bronco. Yeah. Drives that up to Oregon because he heard that there were some pipelines. He had always wanted to go to Oregon and like live in the woods. And so he goes to work on this pipeline. Pipeline shuts down. He has to go to Colorado in his convertible Bronco in December because that's where the next pipeline is. He's about to go to sleep in the car when he gets there, and some old guy comes up to him and says, hey, if you sleep in your car tonight, you're going to die. <laughs> so they set him up in one of the tents that has like a propane tank. And anyway, that led my – like women led my dad to not be a good worker. And wow. then when he finally came back to L.A. after having – he was like a model for a little bit. He did everything. And then he came back to L.A. and he became a contractor. And ever since then, he's been kind of scraping it together. I mean, your grandfather obviously has the notoriety, but I've heard stories about your dad. And he's like the real life, most interesting man in the world. Like yeah. Gosecki's man. Oh, my I God. I mean, he's built your house. Is that true? Yeah. Like, he, well, he's a really good contractor. He's a really yeah. good builder. So, like, I'll always ask him, like, build things for me. And he's like, you could buy it cheaper any, like, at Home Depot. Yeah. And I go, I know, Dad, but I want to hang out with you. I want you to be proud of me as I... Try and hand you. Did you say Phillips head? Which one's that? You know? <laughs> right, right, um, right, right. But uh, yeah, and then his stories are great. Like growing up, we would be driving and like there'd be someone like parked and not backing out of a spot and mm -hmm. my dad would be waiting and then he'd honk the horn and the guy would like flick off my dad uh -oh. and my dad would get out of the car and punch through the dude's window and me and my brother would be in the car like, fuck yes, <laughs> the coolest dad in the world, not realizing <laughs> He had serious mental issues. Oh my that god! He's failing to address with a therapist. <laughs> yeah. um, but now he's he's calmed down. But that was great. We was he so in Costa excited. Rica or was he for yeah, a while? Yeah, he retired to Costa Rica. He's dating like a thirty-five-year-old Costa Rican woman, which is not much older than me. Yeah, wow. and she's gorgeous. You know? Wow, wow. That's what? the only time I've been like, oh, please become my stepmom. <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, uh, there'd be there's a podcast there for sure if you're looking uh, for a hook. Yeah, you don't need me, how. my dad, and his girlfriend my age. I think so. Yeah, it's a TLC show. That's a show for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. I don't even know how to follow that, but I do have another clip for you. That oh I shit! Show that you. was all based on one clip. That's yeah. great. Oh, I know. There was a I'm lot. Giving you either great material or I'm sorry. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to Late Nights, the latest talk show on the internet because I actually spend the night at my guest's house. The guests this week, Gen X Penn and Lauren Elizabeth. Ooh, what about this? Come 
These are let's, wax strips? Let's find out. Let's see what's inside. Ugh. All right, ready? Here we go. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why, Why are you both doing it? Hey! Stop! Go on, go on, go on. Hey! Ah! Ow! Daddy, just let it happen. <laughs> no! God! Daddy, you get two! Stop! I'm Don't rip it chance. yet! I'm not ready! You're cringy. So let me ask you a question, and yeah. you guys rip it, okay? Yeah. Cringe. Okay, so, Lauren, yeah. Jen, who's your big... No! Did it work? Yeah, it worked! <laughs> no! God! <laughs> Do you guys have a longer version of this clip? Yeah. <laughs> this is the full. Uh, uh, what is this? The full episode. fucking filmography? <laughs> let's cut, let's wrap this shit up, huh? It's oh my god! I've never been more excited to see a graphic. I'm gonna have to stare up for another ten seconds before the next. Clip. Oh my god! Do you remember what that was? Yes. Oh. Yeah, wow. it was was our project we did together. That's actually how we met, and uh, unsurprisingly, this never saw the light of day. Did it not? I don't think it ever was released or went anywhere. Wow! But it was for Awesomeness TV, and it was a new late night show that you were gonna do for Awesomeness. Not a bad concept. No, it was like, what was the concept? Basically, I think we were gonna spend the night at our guest house, and it was gonna be called late nights. Exactly. Sleepovers. Which I think is great. Slumber parties. I love that. Yeah. Nobody's really done it yet. But James I, Corden will do it for sure. Yeah, exactly. Now yeah, that he's he can it, have this. That fucking thief. Yeah, seriously. Well, I mean, we did carpool karaoke before we called it something else. But ah, yeah, I know. Our thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, uh, this was, I basically tortured you for, for an hour and had your two friends Ugh. rip your hairs out and paint your nails and put moisturizer on your face and do pillow fights and whipped cream. And it was a lot of fun, but it didn't exactly yield a successful series or, or even episode. No, the only thing worse than, you know, getting all the wax strips and all the painful stuff that I just rewatching it. <laughs> That's even more painful, I think. Oh actually. my God, dude. I've never not enjoyed something as much as I didn't enjoy that. If that's your thing with this podcast. That kind of is. That's part of you it. You fucking nailed it, my guy. Nice. All right. You good. couldn't have found a clip that I despised. They're not, probably <laughs> all of them actually from that era of my life. I don't get, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> I know it's the camera. <laughs> You're doing a really good job, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, he's not happy. Uh, right, we, got, sorry. we got uh, ice packs on the cameras. I know. Yeah. Uh, so, but that was at your awesomeness TV time. And that is a good segue to talk about awesomeness because this is a company that like really took off. You started as an intern. Yeah. And well, it's just one of those like serendipitous things. I yeah. think it's like Steve Jobs being interested in computers and having his chance. To, I'm like Steve Jobs is what I'm getting at. Yeah, no, it's good to, good comparison. I was just really into digital video. I really loved YouTube before it kind of became what it is. Like mm. I was one of those dorks who like actually watched people and enjoyed and subscribed to them. Yeah. You know, and then when it became such a big thing, I happened to get an internship at this company called Awesomeness. And when I started, they had 15 employees. And then by the time I was done, they like had reached like an value of 500 or 700 million dollars or something and i got to be Crazy. like the face of the network over those seven years yeah and then when i finally left i just got my ten thousand hours in like hosting because mm -hmm. i hosted every single day i probably hosted like three thousand videos for them wow. total wow. over the course of seven years it was a lot it was a lot i mean i saw how hard you worked though there and i'm sure that's one of the ways you got recognized from being an intern to a producer yeah. to hosting i mean i even remember uh times that i was there in the offices and like where'd Hunter go? You were sleeping. You were taking a quick cat nap in your car. That's because I didn't. I didn't know I had a gluten allergy yet, so I'd eat fucking oh. bread. I realized <laughs> I wasn't working that hard. I just had a gluten allergy. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, it sucks, man. Wow. I get super tired when I eat bread now. Like mentally, I get such mental fog. Yeah. So I thought well, I was it worked out. Me. Your bosses thought, "Wow, look how dedicated he is. He's going to like take a, a nap in his car so he can be the first one in and the last one to leave." But really, you just ate too much bread and you didn't. No, know what was I was going just on. foggy. My oh. tummy hurt. My God. Well, you did three thousand videos. Are there are there a couple that stand out, or maybe even a couple collaborations? Because the whole YouTube space. Really, a lot of it, it's about collaborating with people. And even you wrote a book about that with a lot of different amazing YouTube creators. Did you have favorite Are you people? queuing up another video in which I'm, I'm collaborating this is an actual, with YouTube? This is an actual question. No, it seems that a lot of your YouTube stuff has been erased from the internet. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I'm glad I did that before. Because I yeah. did that recently. I oh. scrubbed a lot recently. Damn, because I was doing some serious research, and I was like, what, he's got like six videos? This Where's yeah. the like other 5,000? No way. 
They wow. uh, apparently Awesomeness deleted all the old ones. Probably wow. smart, you know, yeah. just because who knows what was being said back then. Yeah. But now I deleted all my YouTube videos just because I don't like looking back. And now mm. I have these pages. Yeah. And I love them and I appreciate them, but I have like a page that someone started called Only Hunty Fans and it's a fan page. And like somehow they have saved every old photo and video of me on the internet and they'll post it and they like, they, they think I love it. And I'm just sitting there like, fuck, Ugh, I thought I deleted that, you know? Cringing. It's so awful. What does that feel like where like so much of your life has been so public because as a YouTuber, you came up in that space where you were sharing not just when you go to the office to create a video, but like your personal life about your relationships, about your family. Yeah. And it's all out there for millions of people to see. What I don't even know what that is like. I've never really been a YouTuber. So I'm, I, it happened for me like... I mean, I'm still not successful or known enough for people to care to save my shit when I post it. Like, just in case Hunter March deletes this, let me save it. Right. Like, that happens with Justin Bieber. That happens with literally every celebrity that, like, the audience can name mm -hmm. by looking at. Every time they post something, it is saved. Every time their kids post something, it is saved. Just because there's a good chance we're going to delete it, that wasn't the case for me. Nobody was saving my shit. So, like, yeah. I got the chance to delete a lot of things I did not want seen yeah. in 2021. Not because I thought that they were 100% awful. I'm like, who knows? Right. Me, like, being a girl, being, like, a valley girl for a video where I was, like, just doing shit valley girls say. Mm -hmm. And it's very true for me and where I grew up and everything. I could not be gladder that that video's gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just, like, it's all... It's so hard. Like my kids, I do worry, and I don't want them to be in this world at all. But like, I don't want them to be in entertainment. I want to go oh, live in the uh, woods. By this world, you meant entertainment. I, I thought you just meant like the world. No, which would I want be, them to a be hard... spirits from the moment they're born. Yeah. Okay. No. Um, no, I don't want them to be in entertainment because I think like it's really depressing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really hard. How do you deal with that with social media, where it can be so toxic, but it's also such a necessity for what we do for a living to have a presence. Yeah. People are rarely mean to me on social media for some reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Cause I think I come across like you could beat me up. And so nobody <laughs> tries. It's like punching down. Oh, nice. But you know, I notice I use it for like at my own validation at times. Like I'll go mm -hmm. to look at my DMS and be like, who has DM me? And do I feel good about myself? And then mm -hmm. I realize I still don't. It's like, it gives me a little boost yeah. But then I think I'm constantly in a state of like melancholy because there is this constant need to on Instagram being on television where if you're not working, you're not working. Right. And it's just no matter what you're doing, you feel like you need to do more. And so I'm really my goal is to just move to the woods. Have you seen um Captain Awesome or Captain Fantastic or something? No. It's on Netflix. No. It's just dad who like takes his yeah. kids to the woods and teaches them and they're really smart kids. But it's a very talk, you know, probably should have your kids socialize with other kids and not just make them live with those. But I loved that. I was but like, that's ideal. Is that one of your dreams? I know you said you, when you started, you told me you started these Twitch streams and like your goal maybe is to do this enough where it can be substantial and totally. financially, you know, fulfilling as well, rewarding, where you could move, you could leave LA, you could go to the woods and just do yeah. your show for a day and, and be more in nature and unplugged. I would love that. Yeah. Like I've, I've, every year I go, should I get rid of my iPhone and just have a flip phone and then have like my brother post things I need to post for mm -hmm. social and everything? Just because people don't realize how bad it is for your brain to constantly. I think uh, someone said it recently. It's just like every time I go on Instagram, it's everyone else's highlight reels. And you don't right. really associate that with your own self. You go, my day doesn't look like this. Because mm -hmm. most of our days are shitty. Right. As right. humans, like we don't do much, it's not yeah. exciting. Right. But that's fine. Yeah. But then I don't think it's fine and I get sad. Yeah. How what, what's the vibe for this podcast? You want to get sad? We can get sad. <laughs> we can get sad. You can do I anything. I want to be the West Baron Davis just having a, a gay old time. Blast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but, I come in here being like, you ever fucking think about just what if we weren't here? I, it's good. I want you to get deep. Be real. I like that. Oh, you can I get can't. sad. No. Well, no. speaking of getting sad, you took the leap from YouTube and awesomeness to television. I remember actually... You, a lot of talented hosts live in Los Angeles. They go out. A lot of them audition for the same things. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. So, so we were having dinner. We were on a double date, and I was... Yours worked out, by the way. Yes, my relationship, my my girlfriend at the time is now my wife. Congrats. So it looks like I, I won after all. Yeah. But in the moment, 
I was having a hard time because I found out that I came in second place for this show that I really wanted, this new game show on Game Show Network. The feedback I got was that, oh, man, you're perfect for it. Like, we want you so bad. But they went in a, just a different direction. They wanted to go with, like, a YouTuber millennial. And I'm like, eh, That's I like, get I'm it. sorry that happened. Yeah, thank you. And I was telling you this story because it was like, if anyone can relate to what it's like to be another, a host. Another host. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember you turned to me and I, do you want to tell me what we could replay what happened? I was, I was opening up saying, you know, it's just, I want to hear bummed. from you. What did I say? I don't really remember. I, you were like, Oh, well that's awkward. Cause I know the guy who got that show. It's, uh, it's me. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I mean, I was happy for you because such a bummer. I, I know, felt so bad. I was very happy because if I had to lose out to anyone, I'm glad it's a friend. But that is tough dealing with rejection. So much of what you do in this business is just you go out there, you do your best, and you're being judged on looks or age or a following or stuff that's out of your control. And it's really hard at times to deal with that. How have you dealt with any adversity throughout your career? Um, I mean, for me, I don't like rejection very much. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, it bums me out just like it does everybody else. Yeah. I've been lucky that like... I've had these jobs that have lasted long enough where I haven't had to get a ton of rejection. You know where I got rejected a lot was acting. Mm, yeah. Hosting, I had a very nice, slow transition. Yeah. But acting, and like I'd go into a hosting audition. Every hosting audition I ever went into, I left being like, if if I don't get it, it's because, you know, like I look like every other one of the t- hosts on television right now. Right, I'll right. go a different direction. Yeah. I get that. Um, but I feel like I nail it every time. Yeah. If I go into an acting audition... I leave feeling like the dumbest fucking person who's ever lived. I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I say that to the person on the way out? Right, right, Who's right. I trying to be? Was, I feel so horrible. Like, I want to, every time I go to an acting audition, all of a sudden I'm like, I got to poop. Like, why do I feel so, like, yeah. anxious and yeah. nervous? So acting, I, I can't imagine, mm-hmm. like, grinding in that world, especially mm-hmm. somewhere where I'm uncomfortable. Um, and so, yeah, for me, if, when I get rejected, I just immediately go to my DMS and I go, does anybody love me? And <laughs> you just find other ways to, and if to there's get no it. DMS, yeah. then it's really sad. Then it's dark. Then it's dark. Uh, well, nightly pop, you've been on a couple of years now. Do you know how many episodes you've done at this point? I mean, I don't know, maybe like hundreds. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. 300, maybe 250. No, which, maybe three or four, three or 400. Which is incredible. And you do have a funny story about how it came to be because you almost had to deal with rejection in oh, yeah. the situation there. So tell everyone about how Nightly Pop and on, on E! how that all came about. My vision was never to be on E! News mm. because I just wasn't a big celebrity guy. Like I didn't yeah. care about the celebrity world. I grew up in LA. So the infatuation that some people have coming from the Midwest to here and being like, wow, this is a crazy world. Yeah. To me, I kind of was just, I grew up so next to it, not in it. I didn't know celebrities or anything, but I was just, it was kind of normal. So I was like, I don't want to ever work for E! News. I don't want to be that guy. Right. And then one day I just had a meeting with them and I said some really dark jokes in the room, (laughs) but I guess they remembered me for this show called Nightly Pop. And when they, it came about, they offered me the pilot. And I was like, what is Nightly Pop? Like, I don't want to talk about celebrities. And they're like, just go do the pilot. Have fun. Yeah. The night before I had a date, mm-hmm. we didn't stay out too late, but I had a date, had some Mexican food, some wine, maybe a margarita or something. Mm. I don't know which order. Yeah. But the next morning I woke up so violently ill that I it was the day of the pilot. And pilots are big deals. They yeah. staff, fully staff them. It's me, the other two hosts that are on the show. And I call my team. I'm like, guys, I don't think I could go in. And they're like, doesn't matter how sick you are, you have to go in. At least then they can see you and you can do it. And even if you do it bad, at least they know you tried. Right. And I was like, all right, I have to Uber there because I can't drive myself. Oh, wow. I'm like that, like my vision's fully double. Like it's horrible. I had to pull over on the 405 to throw up on the way there. Oh my God. Get to the building. We start having our meetings and I'm throwing up every 20 minutes. And they know. <laughs> like I told them like, I'm sick. We're yeah. gonna. I'll make it a part of the bit. But like, I'm so sick. Yeah. Every 20 minutes I leave, I come back. They're like, have you tried like drinking like lots of water. I'm like, Oh no, I didn't think about that. Give <laughs> yeah, that thanks, a go. Yeah. It's just like, I was so sad that everyone was trying to help. Right. Eventually we were about to shoot the pilot like three hours after being there and I couldn't do it. My body was shutting down cause I was so dehydrated. My hands were like cramping up. Yeah. It was really scary. And so my mommy picked me up and took me to the urgent care and I didn't shoot the pilot. Oh. And they were like, it's okay. We'll, we'll have you back next week. We're so sorry you're dealing with this. And then next week I came back and it wasn't a pilot. They were making me audition against 10 of like the other TV hosts that I 
knew of. Yep. And these weren't people I worked with. These are people I saw on like MTV daily. Right. You right. know, like yeah. these are like cool hosts. I was yeah. like, I was like, damn, that sucks. But I did the audition and then I got it and I ended up loving it because it's not me caring about celebrities. It's me joking at their expense. That's and then great. the other two hosts care about the celebrities. It's right. great. Yeah, it's perfect. It's a great show and you guys have a great chemistry and just to, to be able to do it every single night, it's yeah. got to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Hey, are my stories too long right now? No, they're great. They're great. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you feel that you're feeling self-conscious? You think it's, it's a podcast. You I don't take know your if time. It's because man. you got really high and I was in the room with you and I inhaled some of the stuff. Oh, is that what happened? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just yeah. want to make sure I'm giving yeah, you what you yeah. want. You no, know? you're good. That's gold. That's gold. I um, like the temperature in here, by the way, right you now. You like it? You like the heat? I couldn't sleep in it. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, it's not bad. You are struggling, my friend. I, I get hot. I get hot. It's a little hot in here. We sweat it out, but you know, it's okay. It's all right. How we Maybe doing? denim wasn't the best idea, huh, big guy? <sighs> you not know? even like in the morning. Like you could have changed into shorts. I could have. I think I think I might have to do that later. But you're not ready. I know that how hot you would get if you saw if you saw these calves. Oh, don't do it to me. Game over. Guy. Game over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't get hard on your podcast. Yeah, exactly. Well, you can, but <laughs> well, no, you can't. What's the uh, rating on this thing, huh? We bleeping stuff? Uh, we haven't had that meeting yet, so I think we can bleep, but yeah. Right. How about on the This Is Paris podcast? Do you guys can you say anything? Do you bleep? We can, the- but they bleep it and then mm. also you know, I don't think they want to put the TVM rating or whatever podcasts do on it right. or the explicit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty, it's also like it's Paris fucking Hilton. I'm not going to be right. like, I'm not going to be me. I'm going to pretend to be somebody better <laughs> to try to assimilate. Right. Um, but it's funny. She's, uh, she's also, I, I don't know if the people listening to this know, but pa- true Paris Hilton fans know. And I learned this when I started looking mm. at her and, you know, researching her before the podcast started. But the voice is a complete act, and she's really? admitted it. Yeah, she doesn't not talk like that. She has a very deep voice. So she just does it all. The high Paris voice is just part the of the Paris facade. Voice is always a facade. And yeah. when I first heard it, I didn't believe it. I saw it in a documentary. She's like, "By the way, the Paris voice is a facade." And I was like, "Okay, that's I don't know which one's a bit." Yeah. But now after talking to her, she just slips in and out of it. But like when I talk to her privately after the show, yeah. she's relaxed. It's a different person. She's also the nicest fucking human you'll ever meet. Wow. I wanted her to be an asshole. Right, right. I was like, ooh, yeah. this is great. I can't wait to have stories. Yeah. She's the nicest. Like would finish a DJ set at 7 a.m., get yeah. back to her hotel. There'd be 40 people waiting for her. She would take a photo with every single person. Wow. That's who she is. If I was that rich and famous... <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me i'd be you, hitting kids fuck out of here <laughs> you wouldn't be here you wouldn't be on this podcast that's for sure no not with this heat yeah i know yeah i'd exactly. say book me another day big guy yeah seriously but you know no, I, i'd be nice i wouldn't i wouldn't push a kid i just want to be clear sometimes i, 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 <laughs> I say jokes and i don't understand who the demo is you know well also we're just going to clip that and that's how we're going to promote this episode as like the headline hunter march can't wait to be famous enough to beat kids oh uh, frame know, it like, like a 60 minutes interview it's exactly like hunter like, march Yes. Loves to hit kids. Ah, fuck out of here. You play the clip. <laughs> exactly. That's great, dude. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I'm in marketing, you know? People don't know. I mean, they know you as a talented They host. don't know me. Your, All right, your guest don't know me unless I brought people over to your show. Well, maybe that's what's happening. Okay, okay. So your followers know you as this incredible, you know, host. Very charming, very likable, very funny. But you're also really crazy talented uh, artist and cook. It's amazing. How did you get into both of those passions? And do you ever want to, I don't know, pursue them? Because I feel like you could. Just drawing and seeing what you can do artistically is really inspiring. I'm not Thanks, just saying. Man. Yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah. Let's put up some of the images on the screen. No, I didn't get those. Yeah, I didn't no, get those. You didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no fucking prep. Yeah. I um, yeah. I For me, I never really did anything like create it like it wasn't my thing i just wanted to be a host i wanted to be funny Mm. but then i was in a long relationship and we broke up and i said no fucking way we're gonna look back in a year and i'm gonna go ah she learned way more shit in the breakup (laughs) i was like i gotta be the guy so i was living with a painter at the time and we started painting together and it was awesome he was such a good painter and i would when i would ask him things about hey how do how do i make this color how do i perform this type of stroke or get Mm. this texture he would say just figure it out and wow. to me, that was also... So you like, asked your uh, him how you do this type of stroke? Like, That's... how do you do this type of stroke? You wow. know, like, how, yeah. I want to make yeah. it, like, white splatter. Yeah, nice. Um, 
Oh, your podcast is getting the explicit rating now. You yeah, exactly. Up. Well, you let it up there. Yeah, okay. I know. But I so and he, and he would just say, just do it. And to me, one that was such a cool way to learn how you can teach people is right. just by being so supportive without telling people how to do stuff. Yeah, changed my life for sure. Yeah. And then I kind of took that into everything I did. I was like, oh, I don't need someone to tell me how to do stuff. I could just figure it out just by doing it. And then I started cooking for myself because I was single now, and I was like. Who's gonna do it? This was really the best. Becoming single was the best thing for you. Yeah. Now, yeah. when I go on dates, sometimes I'll cook, you know, and it's a great look. If you're a guy out there, you want a, a really great second, third date, first date, if you're frisky, you know? What's your go to? What's your go to meal that you like to prepare? It's tough because I have a few that are delicious, but they're just not good pre intercourse foods. Oh. All right. Yeah. He- heavy, heavy. Stuff. Heavy. Like I don't. You don't want to make a steak. Yeah. Pre intercourse. All right. Or something super garlicky. Mm. But if you're both eating it, it's okay. But like I have an amazing garlic uh, shrimp pasta. Oh. It's nice. like a lot of parsley shrimp. It's amazing. That's, Sounds good. That's a good one pre date though. Or I make a really yummy breakfast skillet. Anyway, the, the fucking nobody <laughs> wants to hear about this shit. <laughs> Point. Is, I learned to do this stuff because I didn't want to be a loser, and and I'd always envisioned being a. Almost like that renaissance man. Like when I was younger, I was like, I want to be that guy who reads books and can paint and can draw. Yeah, yeah. And I just never was that guy. Like I was always like, oh, I wish I was smarter. And then when I went through it and I started like learning these things, even reading, how to like read books that took critical thinking mm-hmm. as opposed to what I grew up reading. Sure. Or like the way English teachers in high school wanted you to read a book, but you were like, just fucking tell me what the character represents. Right. I learned how to do that. I taught myself how to do that because my buddy was so prolific at it yeah and i kind of just became the guy i always envisioned granted in and out of it but yeah it's nice it's fun it's fun to be good at stuff fun to be smart yeah it's cool well it's fun to learn too and you're a big learner and as you know i'm a big collector so another thing that we like to do here on in the zone is something called cool calm collected and i'm definitely not cool right now i'm hot but i'm calm and collected and i collect a lot of things i collect sneakers i collect jerseys i collect autographs cards all sorts of stuff i want to know hunter what's something that you collect you asked me this question yesterday you told me to bring something in and um I was like, I don't collect anything. I literally couldn't think of anything. I yeah. looked around my house, I was like looking. I was like, what do I collect? The only thing I could think of is I love first edition books. Oh, I like. I think it's a really cool collectible. That is cool. Um, and so uh, you asked me to bring one in. And I brought in my favorite book, which is The Fall by Albert Camus. Cool. Which is again one of those books that took me like five five reads of every single page to understand. Every line was like difficult for mm-hmm. me. And so when I finally did comprehend it, when I was able to read it, it was like one of the most prolific books of my life. Like yeah. the things you read in here on every single page are insane. Anyway, so I started collecting books and then you like learn things about the books. Like there's something called a first edition, first print. Because yeah. every first edition might have a dozen prints. You don't know which one you're getting. And then you also, you start looking for authors who are close to dying. You know, <laughs> you buy those first editions. Smart. That's really dark wow, and fucked that up. that is very dark. Yeah. Yes, you could do the same thing. You collect you know, cards, basketball uh, cards. Yeah, I guess it's the same thing. It's really, it's that's dark, dark, but there is way. a market for it. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Is this a valuable book that you have? I know it's meaningful to you. No, this book is more meaningful. Like yeah. I have some books, like I have like a first edition Kurt Vonnegut mm. that, you know, you pay like $150 for, for an old book. Yeah. But my hope is not to sell anything. I don't want to ever sell stuff. I just want to give it to my kids and I want them to value it because I didn't get a lot of like hamney downs mm. from my family just because just wasn't the type of family we grew up in sure so now like when i buy something that i think all right i can buy a cheap version or i can buy something that might last like a watch yeah pass on to my kids i always try and do that cool i just gotta fucking have kids first yeah well you know that are not going to be in the entertainment industry and you're going to be living in the woods with them yeah they make it so easy in sex ed you know they're like every other time you have sex you're gonna get pregnant not the case man you sound disappointed by that. I'd love to have an accidental one. You want an accidental kid? Yeah, I don't know if dream. one on purpose is ever going to happen. You know? <laughs> so let's let's pop one out. All right. Well, good luck. You just got to get out there. You got to play to win. You know. Yeah. So yeah. All okay. right. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, some lucky lady out there is listening right now. <laughs> like I can't wait to make a mistake. DM Hunter right now and have an accidental baby. Uh, another game that we play with a lot of our guests is called Association Word Association. What is your NBA basketball or sports knowledge, Hunter March? Deep. Deep? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you prefer the 
era, the the current era, or like the two thousands, or even further back, the nineties, the eighties. What do you, what do you like? They were playing basketball in the nineties and eighties. <laughs> they were, they were actually. Holy yeah. shit! Okay, maybe then... we'll go with the recent guys. You think you know current NBA basketball players? I know, I know everything. I'll give you all, all right. their stats. I promise. Perfect. So this card, here we go. Panini basketball cards. Right? There's eight cards in here. I'm going to open them up and word association. I'll tell you the player's name and I'll show you their picture. All you got to do is tell me the first thing that comes oh, to your mind. So you, you got this. I don't even need to know what's. You don't. I really. don't need to know. You the just people. tell me your word association, your first reaction. So I can tell you all the people too. To any of this. You can tell me about them too. Oh, first up is Evan Fournier. French. That, okay, correct. Yes. Next, Chris Paul. French. He's not French. French Quarter. Uh, he did play in New Orleans. For Thank you. Okay, That's what yeah, I was going for. Right. Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson? Oh, I haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> How's he doing? He's, he's good. He was hurt. He was hurt. That's what I haven't seen him yeah, in a while. Exactly, That's what I was talking exactly. about. All right. I mean, you can just, you know, about their photo, too, you can you can make up a joke here. Dwight Powell. Why do you think I'm only going to make up a joke? Well, I'm trying to tell you what I know about these players. Oh, so Dwight Powell. Tell me what you know about this guy. Dwight Powell. Superman, you know? Dunk yeah. contest king. Yeah. I know everything about Dwight. <laughs> okay. All right. I think you got Dwight's mixed up. Uh, Derek Favors. He's great. He, I loved him on the Lakers with Kobe. I think... Uh, he was just, he's short, mm. but he's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a him. center. He's pretty tall. He's pretty tall. How about James Harden? I know James Harden. Euro stepping all the way to the basket, huh? Hey. Well, hey, hey, hey. Why don't you stop flopping, big guy? Okay. That's the one that I know, and I'm hoping we cut out the rest of it. That him. was pretty good. And yeah. how about the beard? Strong beard game. The Hunter March beard. you got to respect the James Harden beard. I like it. A lot of people say he should shave it, but I think about it yeah. like this. You know when they tell, like, Obviously, you're not supposed to do this, but like the whole thing about when women go, I, I didn't wear this for you. I wore this for me. Right. I now understand it because mm. my beard is unattractive to a lot of women. Mm. They don't like it. And then I go, I do this for me, not for you. And it makes me feel so powerful. <laughs> nice. Do you do anything? Do you put any product in that beard? Yeah, yeah. I do a Tom Ford beard oil. Oh, that's I get it expensive. for free. Oh, I yeah. Just on well, the makeup e? and wardrobe. E? Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Because I don't wear makeup on the show, so all the other talent has like full teams and like all this yeah. stuff, and I'm saving them all this money. Right. So I go, could you guys give me one bottle of beard oil every two months? And it's amazing. It's also like it replaces your cologne, and it's much great because they only smell when they come in close, and then it's oh. soft. Wow. All yeah. right. The perks of being on television. All right. And our last player is Emmanuel Quickly. Why does that dude look like he's 8'11 in that photo? <laughs> he's uh, He does look very tall in that photo. He's, is he not? Is it just the short no, shorts? No, he's, he's a guard. He's, you know, 6'2", six, 6'3". Six 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 no, so he's a real shorty. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. One high sock, one low sock. Cool vibe, That's I guess. Look. He's got a vibe for yeah. sure. He's a good young rookie for the Knicks. There you did go. I know more? Be honest. Yeah. Did I know more about the basketball cards than Baron Davis did? Uh, you actually know more about these NBA players than almost anyone, but in just like a different realm, in a different way. You know, it's like you not about the stats, ask but about me anything you know, about stuff. their personal life, well, like that's their kinda, hobbies or whatever. Yeah. I know everything. That's kind of what I was hoping you would do. You give me like their hobbies too. Yeah. All right. Well, next time. Next time. Should I be on the next episode of the podcast or you think the audience is going to go? Hey, just stick to basketball. Players. I think, well, no, I think the Hunter March experiment, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it turned out. But I would I, I think love to know good. what you genuinely think right now, how this I, episode is going. I think this is going very well. I think it's very hot in this room, so I'm a little sweaty. You so know? you don't so, know if you're So I don't know if I'm hallucinating or uh, what, but it has been fun talking about your career, talking about getting a little deep with you, about why you got started and what you're doing, about what motivates you, about all of the successes you've had. Thanks, and dude. What do you want to do next? I mean, you've done so many different things. Like, Is there something you haven't done? Is there a dream show that you would love to create that exists? Or is that kind of yeah. what you're doing right now on Twitch? I, I think like every other TV host, I want to do something like Anthony Bourdain did. I love writing. Mm -hmm. I love that kind of journalistic perspective of cultures. Yeah. I'd want to do that. But also, every TV host wants to do that. So I don't know. It's like, I'm not unique, you know? But then I think outside of that, I just want to, I would love to do some acting. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. And then I'd love to get out of LA and never talk to anyone in this world again. All right. Like in this industry. 
Not, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. You don't have to call. Again, very dark. Very dark. 5150 me. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah in this yeah. industry. Okay. Perfect. Good. Good. Well, I, I'm sort of in this industry, but I hope that we can still talk. We can still talk. Yeah. 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 You just got to transition to podcasting more than the other stuff. And then yeah. it'll be okay. It's its own world. What, are yeah. you, what about you? What's your dream? Nobody... People asking you questions yet on your show? No, but I like this. I mean, I haven't had another host on the show yet, so this is good. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, my dream, I've always said, hasn't been invented yet. I want to invent it myself. And I think in the zone is a path to talk to people that, uh, that I know, that I love, that I respect, that I care about, who are doing interesting things, shine a spotlight on them, and hopefully inspire others to follow their dreams in whatever path it might be. Yeah. yeah, I think that's beautiful. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Before we get out of here, a last segment, a last question that we always ask, courtesy of our good friends over at Homage. You know how I love rocking Homage t-shirts, softest in the game, is to give our guests an opportunity to pay homage to someone who's helped pave the way for their success. It might be someone you're related to. It might be someone you know. It might be someone you've never met before who just aspire, inspired you from afar. But Hunter March, who do you want to pay homage to? Probably my mom, you know, just because if she didn't yell at me as much as she did when I was a kid, I wouldn't have these, you know, needs to be liked, <laughs> and then I wouldn't be here today. No, I, on top of that, uh, I do. She was the hardest worker I know, and she was mm. just like, you know, if it was if I was just raised by my dad, I would be doing construction with my dad. I'm pretty sure. But my mom showed me like how much hard work can get you, and and you know, trying to be really working smart, working hard, working. Mm just in the most effective way possible. And I think because of that, I just have a work ethic that has afforded me a really cool life. Like I do appreciate that. I, I am very grateful that I even have the opportunity to paint. A lot of people have two jobs. They don't have the opportunity or the energy to go do something like that. So it's really awesome for me. I'm sorry you're so uncomfortable during my interview that you're like I'm sweating profusely. I am sweating a you little know? bit in here. It's very hot. The AC broke just minutes before we started taping this episode. I get the crew so, at their most crankiest because it's like yeah. almost lunch and they're fucking hot. It, you know? got, it got a little hot, but you know that's what happens. When you put Hunter March in any room, the temperature is going to rise 10 degrees. He's steamy. You see him on Instagram without his shirt on, yeah. but this is the real Hunter March shirt on, still bringing the heat. Yeah, it's only the temperature only raises because I'm talking so fucking much. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's sort of the point of a podcast, the too. Air. Yeah, exactly. I guess so. I always yeah. feel uncomfortable talking as much as I have been, but no, I want to give you good stories. These are great stories, and it's great getting to hear a different side of you because normally you're the one asking the questions, so it's nice getting to learn a little bit more about you. And as a thank you, because you know I collect a lot of things, we have as a guest here on In the Zone your very own limited edition Hunter March trading Holy card shit. right here. Check it out. Series one guest of In The Zone. So we only printed five of these, and you get to keep one. You're going to autograph the rest. We're going to hang one up on our wall of fame, and then we're going to give some away to our fans and followers on social media. Uh, so Hunter March, thank you for getting in the zone with me here today. That's so great. That's such a cool little thing. Can nice. I trade mine for a signed Baron Davis? Uh, yeah, well, you can trade. Yeah, it's an open market. Yeah, exactly. Put yours on eBay even. I mean, these are going for a lot. You know, you can sell yours. You can do whatever you want with yours. I think, uh, I think I'll hold on to it. You know, give it to my kids one day, tell them I was an athlete. <laughs> exactly. I look like a, like a baseball player who like sleeps around a lot on the weekends and was like, no, I'm not going to take my, a sh picture in my outfit, my, my uniform. Yeah. I want to wear a turtleneck <laughs> to the photo shoot. That's pretty much all it, absolutely true other than baseball players. So, yes. That's so true. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. True. Well, if people want to tweet me, can I say? Please promote something. If you yeah. guys didn't like this episode, <laughs> you guys can tweet me at gofuckyourselves.com, okay? <laughs> wow. Nice. Hal March would be proud of that <laughs> joke right there. Oh, my God, dude. I can't wait for the hate mail. <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot demo? of love. Is it going to be actual mail? How old's your I, demo? We don't have demos yet. This is a podcast and a show for anyone and everybody. So, oh my god, we're dude. bringing some of your audience, some of my audience. I tried some to be abrasive, you know. I want yeah. to change my brand. What is your brand right now? If someone said this is the Hunter March brand, what is it? What do I want it to be, or what is it? Right what now? is it right now? Yeah. I'd say it's you know you can put me on a family show, mm -hmm. and I, I could host. I could host America's Got Talent. Yeah, 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 for sure. That'd be great. But here's what I want it to be. What do you want? David Letterman at his worst. 
at his worst. Just his worst behavior. He was a grump. I love that. He was, yeah. I but I think like I like too. people too much. I can't do that. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Maybe take out the gofuckyourselves.com thing. No, that's we're leaving with that. Absolutely. Uh, Hunter March, thank you for getting in the zone and sweating it out with me here today. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Congrats. Come back again another time when we get the AC fixed. Listen, everyone's asking for number two. You're really down on yourself. The sequel is not coming, my guy. Listen, I was, I made fun of your cam guy. This is like, nobody fucking wants this guy back. I get it. Hey, that's fine. But you guys know where to tweet me. Yeah. Go fuck yourselves dot com. And that's your Twitter handle, ends in .com. That's how it works? Uh-huh. Okay, perfect. Yeah, it's, right. uh, enjoy that. Kim.com is what I was going for, but the guy who fucking created LimeWire took it. Mm, all right, well. And now the jokes are getting obscure, and it's a good time to cut. I'm telling you, because the next one's really obscure. I, I think we've already ended the episode like four <laughs> times, but yet it still keeps going. This is sort of like what it's yeah. like when you and I are on the phone. I said goodbye like 20 minutes ago, so uh, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> nice. I think it's over. <laughs> I